1: Welcome to Geek 5 Live! Hello, everybody.
0: Well, that's, a, that's a great start to the show. I <laughs> know
1: oh,
0: what it is. What happened uh, to the anyways, game?
1: so how are you guys doing out there? It's another <laughs> wonderful episode
0: of Geek
1: Vibes Live, where we talk about the best in geek culture and everything that inhabits it. I just want to actually introduce my my real friends and co-hosts. First, we got Nick. Nick, how you doing, man?
2: Pretty good, man. Just uh, we got a lot of awesome topics to talk about tonight, so I'm super excited.
1: I feel you on that. And, uh, of course, Kanan, the silent Assassin. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good, man. Like uh, Nick said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. And we weren't on last week, so we actually will be covering some uh, some, from some news from last week as well.
1: We're going to do everything. We might we might do news that was five years old just for the heck of it.
2: We never know.
0: <laughs> we're taking. I don't know it, why we going to be five Batman.
2: Years. What?
0: Yeah, this is outrageous. We're taking with yeah, so right now.
2: I'm <laughs> still tripping off our intro.
0: Uh,
1: so let's <laughs> get our right into the news instead of. Our intro was great, okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but let's let's actually get into some information and some news, okay, Kanan? Anyways, God, okay. Uh, we have we have word uh, from Deadline that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks to play the villainous role of Mysterio in Sony sequel to Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, talks are underway right now for Gyllenhaal to join the long line of Spidey villains uh, that we inevitably think will become the Sinister Six. Uh, so far, we've been exposed to, obviously, Vulture with Michael Scorpio, Not Scorpio. Scorpion. Uh, he's not an astrological son, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and uh, Shocker is also a villain that's been established. So Mysterio being possibly the main villain or one of the villains um, behind that movie, you know, could potentially set up some more characters. And, um, of, of course, uh, I think Michael Keaton has been confirmed to be back in the movie. Um, really exciting. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen as far as Infinity War uh, affecting this, um, but uh, just just cool news that Jake Gyllenhaal, a, a person I've been campaigning for a villain uh, like the Riddler, I've said that he could do, and certain other roles, uh, because, mainly because of his role in Nightcrawler. I think Mysterio is actually a really cool idea uh, for him to do. Uh, Nick, uh, you know it's not 100% official. You know, in talks means that this could end up not working out. Say tomorrow. Uh, but mm-hmm. the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal most likely will be playing the role of Mysterio in Homecoming 2 or or Sadie Hawkins Dance or whatever the fuck they call it, um, <laughs> how do you feel about that news?
2: Uh, well, first things first, I want to say uh, good on Homecoming and the MCU and Sony working together to introduce three Spider-Man villains without it feeling cluttered um, because yeah. it's, it's funny when you break it down like – I remembered Scorpion, and then when you were like Shocker, I was like, oh, yeah, like Shocker wasn't it. Like I, I didn't – like I had I, kind of completely forgotten about that, but that's because, you know, they had these two villains, these two kind of side villains who just weren't, you know, quintessential to the story, but they introduced them in a very genuine and um, great way that added to the story – uh, but didn't take away from it. So good on Sony for finally getting that right after so many failed attempts for the pretty much the past three Spider-Man movies, maybe discounting the first Amazing Spider-Man if, if you want to. Um, but anyway, um, as far as Jake Gyllenhaal, I love the idea. I'm 100% with you on that, Dane. I, I mean, after seeing Nightcrawler, God, he is so, like, just, mentally unstable in that movie and he's such a sociopath i mean you can tell through his actions that he's playing a sociopath because he really doesn't care about people like in that movie he he is his goal is to get whatever shot he needs to get in order to you know further progress his career i i think and this is a possible spoiler it's not really a huge plot point spoiler but like when he's at the scene of that crime and he's looking around um, or the scene of the accident or whatever. And he's looking around and like, he doesn't see any, you know, anybody around and he like drags the body to get it in the perfect lighting to get the better shot, you know? Um, Like, that's just crazy. Like, I was just like, Oh my God, what is this guy doing? And, and, and and when it kind of circles around and comes to fruition, you see what he's doing. You're like, golly man, this guy is nuts. And, for him to you know play a character like Mysterio who essentially is almost kind of the opposite if you will of of his character there as far as succeeding like you know his character Nightcrawler was a nobody who elevated himself up to being somebody and this character is you know kind of a somebody uh in in was it Quentin Beck right um who yes. you know yeah, has this, has this, um, you know, uh, I won't say like fame, but you know, he's, he's, you know, a successful, uh, like, uh, engineer and all this stuff. And he, and he does all, of the, all these different things. And, you know, he kind of falls off the map, uh, you know, because of Spider-Man who, who kind of catches him, um, you know, being a thief and robbing all these banks and everything. And there's even, of course, the a uh, famous comic storyline where you know he frames Spider-Man, uh, so a lot to pull from there. A really interesting character, a character that I've wanted to see for a long time. Both he and Kraven the Hunter were my like top two choices for um, the the villain in in the second MCU Spider-Man movie. So the fact that we're getting one of those is super thrilling, and the fact that Hall is at least in talks as of now um, is is super super cool news, and I I hope that. Um, both he and Sony, um, you know, work out all the kinks and and are able to uh, come to an agreement because that would be amazing casting.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And and the weird thing is, um, Kanan, you know, that with this whole entire thing, uh, he was apparently in talks from what we we knew for Batman. And uh, obviously that's not going to happen if he's playing Mysterio and this. Uh, But regardless... Does that mean that we're going to get more actors of the Sinister Six being Batman characters? I mean, could we possibly see Josh Brolin saying, fuck it, and doing a third character like Craven the Hunter? You know, maybe we should just keep on going more Batman. That's how Spider-Man will lose. That's the only fucking way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyways, actually, mm-hmm. I'm just joking around. Caden, uh, how do you feel about this news? Are you excited about Jake Gyllenhaal, or were you hoping, actually, he might be playing uh, Batman?
0: Uh, no, I don't think I ever really bought into the idea of him being Batman. Um, Me either. I mean, I, I feel I, I feel like that's just you know it was cool to kind of speculate and talk about, but I don't think uh, he was ever really in the running for it. And you know, he even came out and and said probably about a couple. I think it was a couple months ago. You know, when he was asked about Batman, you know, he kind of brushed it off like, no, you know, you know, he kind of made it seem like there were there were not any talks at all. Um, I know that there's other people out there that say that's not true, um, you know, but I feel like if there were talks, you know, and it's either there were and he didn't want to play Batman, or there was never talks to begin with. But I mean, either way, um, he's going to be in a, in a comic book film. I've always wanted to see uh, Mysterio on the big screen. I am shocked, though, that we're not getting Craven. Uh, I know so many... Uh, kind of rumors and reports out there pointed towards uh, Craven possibly being the uh, you know the villain in this next movie. Um, there's still a chance, I guess, that maybe somebody else could be cast and we maybe see a glimpse of uh, Craven in this film. You know, maybe he's the one that's you know kind of masterminding the whole um, you know get together of the group. Uh, but yeah, it does seem like they're definitely going in a Sinister Six route. Um, you know, we've got Vulture and Shocker and we'll have Mysterio, you know, maybe uh, the man behind the scenes is somebody that will be uh, Dr. Octopus, you know, maybe they're going to cast somebody, you know, for Norman Osborn, I mean, there's, you know, a whole different um, route to go from here, Um, I think I'm I'm interested to see, uh, you know, how Gyllenhaal will play um, a villain, I mean, he did kind of play a sleazy kind of villain type role, as y'all stated in uh, Nightcrawler um, I just don't know if this is something that they're going to, you know, are they going to go like full-on mask uh, from what I've heard he would probably have the Mysterio Unlimited look where it was kind of it wasn't the big kind of glass dome, it was kind of more like the Cobra Commander um, sleek helmet type look um, so that'll be interesting, you know you know as well because, I mean, Hall is a well-known actor, I mean, I don't know that they'd want to hide his face um, you know, the entire time. So it'll be interesting to see where they go, you know, with that route. But I think it's, I think it's really good casting. Um, you know, Marvel's uh, still showing that they're able to bring in some big name actors and you know, keep carrying on. So yeah, um, you know, really interested to see. Like I said, I just, I, I thought we'd go with Craven, So, but it's gonna be cool to see, you know, Mysterio on the big screen for the first time.
2: Yeah, and hopefully he goes Carl Urban and just is like, I'll wear the mask. I don't care. Like that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think what? this might be pretty cool if they, um, you know, because you know Tony Stark was heavily, um, you know, well not heavily influenced, but he was uh, heavily involved in Homecoming. So this would be kind of cool if uh, Doctor Strange were involved. Um, because, you know, Mysterio, yeah. and then, you know, you got uh, Doctor Strange kind of coming in, you know, Master of the Mystic Arts, um, you know, kind of have him since, you know, him and Peter kind of had that little, um, you know, kind of like funny little gag or whatever right there in Infinity War. Um would be kind of cool to see them kind of uh, get back together because maybe, you know, because, you know, they're in New York. That's where the... Um, uh, Doctor Strange is that as well, so you know maybe they mm-hmm. Mysterio kind of cross paths. You know, it'd be pretty cool to kind of have uh, Doctor Strange just kind of do you know one or two scenes with them.
2: Yeah, especially if Tony dies. Like if Tony dies in Avengers four, um, that could definitely be something to bring those two characters together. Yeah.
1: One thing that I was hoping is that that they keep the Tinkerer in this, and maybe what they do is mm. something similar to Iron Man in the sense of. Uh, Mysterio creates his own costume with his own technical skills at first, and it's like a Mach 1, if you will. And maybe it looks more like the classic look, a little bit ridiculous, and maybe the first interaction mm-hmm. with Spider-Man, he calls him Chrome Dome, or uh, what's another thing he used to call him, uh, Fishbowl Head, you know, and that's where <laughs> that comes through. And then later, he meets a tinkerer, and they actually make him a much more beefed up, you know, practical, uh, sleeker-looking costume that's kind of similar, like but it. more – not, not, as, not, as, not as silly, uh, but I want to ask you guys, let, let's, uh, specu- let's, let's let's speculate a little bit. Um, I think the last two to the puzzle, if the Sinister Six is building, is going to be Dr. Octopus and, uh, and Craven. I think they're going to use Norman, Norman Osborn to turn to the Goblin, maybe towards the end to be the next big threat after the Sinister Six. So we'll get uh, uh, Normie uh, and Harry and stuff like that. Maybe while he's in college or a senior year or something, uh, you know, some type of presence of them. But right now, I think Doc Ock and Craven will be the villains, I'm assuming at least, uh, that will be introduced. Uh, who would you like to see? Let's play that game. Uh, who would you like to see play these two characters? Um, uh, I'm not going to pick Batman actors. That was actually a joke. Um, but I really, I, I'm kind of not obsessed with the Rain Wilson idea, I think is brilliant casting. And it's funny because my other choice would probably be Jack Black, which is another comedic-based character for Doc (laughs) Ock. But someone that has a similar look and concept to that uh, I think would be really good. For Craven. though, um, I'm more inclined to pick someone like Luke Evans. Uh, You know, maybe even Jeffrey Dean Morgan, if they don't have anything to do with him as far as, like, you know, the DC Universe with uh, uh, older Batman, dad Batman, whatever the fuck you want to call him. But, um Nick, who would you like to see play these roles, and how would you like to see them established in like the next film or so with the Spider-Man films?
2: Um, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I I've always kind of leaned a little bit towards Gerard Butler for Kraven. Um, I think Luke great Evans choice. would also be great. Um, but yeah, I mean Gerard Butler's kind of always been my go-to for that. I mean he's got the he's definitely got the right look. Um, I I think um you know he's he's played with different accents um he's kind of his, his little scottish uh i think it's scottish um accent always kind of bleeds through and no, no matter which character he plays um but i mean i don't i don't think that's terri- <clears throat> excuse me terribly important um but you know i think he's got he's got the looks and he's he's got the the acting chops to be able to pull it off i think he'd be really good um i also think uh if they wanted to go with like You know, like a really, really uh, big name. You know, for you know, if if it was going to be maybe just for two movies, maybe like a George Clooney, like bring bring the Batman into it. Um, Just 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 a suggestion. That would be a great choice. Yeah, I mean, I think he would do really well with it. And and, I mean, we all know Clooney has a very um, uh, captivating presence. So, I I mean, I think uh, I don't. like I don't necessarily think he would do it but I mean you never know I mean these these scripts are so well written and we're seeing more and more like prestigious actors like if you had said 10 years ago or even 5 like Kate Blanchett's going to be in the third Thor movie everybody would have been like no you're, you're no way like it's not going to happen um but obviously she was and she did a great job uh, of course she did um but uh but yeah I mean so I, I think those two. I really like Rain Wilson uh for Doc Ock um if if those Of you out there who have seen super Um he can definitely Play a different character than Dwight Schrute uh from the office Uh he, he's definitely got that range Um and I, I think he could definitely pull off Doc Ock I, I've also Always kind of liked Patton Oswalt Um like I, I think He yep. would be um a, You know a good choice I think he could He could bring something interesting to the table Um and there's, there's one other person um, that I liked, but it's escaping me at the moment. Um, I might think about it uh, when you get done with Kanan. I'll let you know.
1: Yeah, before I pass to Kanan, I'm, I'm looking online right now to, like, check out some other people's ideas. There's a lot of great ones um, as far as Doc Ock. What's – oh, man. Um, I could not remember this actor's name. Oh, uh. Conlith Hill. He plays on Game of Thrones. He's uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the the, the evil character that got his uh, no, not evil, but like the mis- oh, what is that dude's name? Um, he got his thing called oh, a the
0: character. Ervaris. He... You talking about yeah, Varys? Uh, Varys? I
1: think his name's Varys. Yeah, Var- Varys was ball, uh, one yeah. of the one of the choices. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of another. Uh Zachary Quinto for more sleeker, I guess, version of Doc Ock Yeah. yeah, choice. yeah. Um, uh yeah, I like Zachary uh, Quinto a lot. Alec Baldwin is an interesting, interesting choice. Christopher Waltz is a very interesting choice. Um, yeah, Christopher. yeah I, I love all these and Manu Bennett was another one that I saw someone say for uh for Craven, which would be an also an awesome yeah. choice. Hey, uh, Damon, uh your choice or your your turn. What, what,
0: what would be your choices? Uh, I don't know who I really would want for uh, Doctor Octopus. I think for Craven though, I only have one person in mind. I know he's, I know he's going to be in Wonder Woman. I don't know how extensive his role will be in Wonder Woman, but I think Pedro Pascal would be a perfect choice for Craven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he just has Absolutely. that look. Um, I think he could pull it off uh, pretty well. Um, you know, I've seen some people say Rain Wilson. I, I think Rain would probably do a really good job. Um, you know he, you know I know a lot of people when it comes to Doctor Octopus they probably want to you know kind of stereotype him as kind of maybe a uh, maybe a short or a stocky Ooh, John guy John Goodman. You know, kind of like the, you know yeah it's kind of like, you know, yeah John Goodman has, no I don't know about him oh
2: I think Raymond uh, would probably be pretty good Mark Mark Hamill that was I don't know how I blanked on that yeah I, oh I said, yeah we, was, when you said short and stocky I was like. Yeah, that's that's that was
0: – somebody yeah, okay. had brought that up
2: not too long ago. And I know – I think it was when he was talking, uh, like, through Twitter with James Gunn. Like, somebody, you know, said, oh, it'd be all fine and good to see, you know, Mark Hamill be in a Guardians movie, but how about him as Doc Ock? And I was like, yeah, I can definitely see that. That would be awesome.
1: Oliver, Oliver Platt's another one. I, there's a lot
2: of great choices. I think Oliver Platt is dead. Um, oh, he is? Well, if that's true, then uh, I, that might be, actually Star, that might know. be. I might be thinking of Rip Torn. I know Rip Torn is dead. I might be confusing the two because they were both in that wrestling movie. Um, so I might be. Confusing oh, Ready to Rumble. It. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, yeah, it's a
1: classic. Um, but uh, yeah, Norman Osborne's another one. I think I'm going to still pick Christian Bale uh, because my original choice is Kevin Stacy, and I don't want that to happen anymore. So obviously, I was a big fan of your choice, Nick, with Christian Bale. I thought that was. I know that's another Batman, but. It's a very inspired choice. I still like Matthew McConaughey though. I think that's a yeah. good one as well. There's just we're going to see I some think, cool
0: characters introduced in Spider-Man. What were you going to say, Cannon? I was going to say if I had to fan cast Norman Osborne, I would like uh Oscar Isaacs. Oh, yeah. Played, I can see that. Yeah. He's a little think, young, I think, but
2: I could <laughs> I could see it working in the sense of like especially like it, Here's the thing, it, to me it, it really I really if there's one reason I want to see Tony Stark live, it's to be that competitor with Norman Osborn. And if if you had that juxtaposed with Oscar Isaac, like he could he he's that young up and comer, that that Silicon Valley guy who moves to New York and is you know kind of this threat um, to to Tony. So I I could definitely see that. I like that. It's an
1: interesting choice for sure. Well, uh, let's move on to another topic, guys, since we've been rambling on this one for a little while. But it's a fun topic, so what do you expect? Um, I think it's a, the probably the second biggest piece of news this week. Um, kind of crazy. I'll admit right now, I have not watched the show this season and uh, half of last season. I got out of it. Um, and it it just seems that they probably should have taken choices similar to the comics from what I've heard for complaints and not try to go off uh, on their own because now – Andrew Lincoln is to exit AMC's The Walking Dead in Season 9. Uh, they're also losing Maggie. Um, Lorna uh, Cohan is uh, joining some other show, and she's trying to get more acting gigs. I understand that they're in Atlanta for a very, like, a long period of time filming this in the heat every year, and it's hard to step away from a paycheck, but Andrew Lincoln, I think, has, you know, become a good actor Uh, Throughout this whole entire thing, and it it seems they probably should go out and try to invest that somewhere else, since he's only you know mainly known for Walking Dead and uh, that British uh, uh, romance movie that's yes Love Actually with the little cue cards and shit. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know the the show that he was the foundation. And spoiler warning, um, you know the fact that Carl is still alive in the comic books, and you know. With Rick on the show, apparently with him and Maggie both leaving, I don't know if they're going to leave together or if they're going to die at some point in the season. I'm not going to probably find out because I don't tune in, like I said. I kind of got uh, bored with the show. And um, they're paying, apparently, Daryl a lot of money, Norman Reedus, to stay on uh, for more seasons. And what sucks about this is they could have tried to wrap this up and actually made this – uh, a little bit tighter, and it seems like it's going to go off the rails, like a lot of shows end up doing that have a lot of potential to be a great series from start to finish. But like Lost did, uh, like Dexter, in my opinion, did, like Weeds did. A lot of shows just, you know, they could have they could have really gone out on a bang, like a Breaking Bad situation, or what I think Game of Thrones potentially could do. But instead, they get they keep on going, and then they lose huge stars. This is the biggest, probably, I would say. Um, this is like Matthew Fox leaving leaving uh Lost, um, you know, a couple seasons before they really want to end it. But uh they're they're gonna keep on making the episodes. Um, Cannon, how do you feel about this? Do you still watch Walking Dead? And if you do, is just gonna take your experience, uh, you know, and not make it enjoyable anymore without Andrew Lincoln.
0: Oh man. Um I don't dude when I when I read that it was I, I was really hoping it wasn't uh true. Um, and I The uh, the guy I follow on uh, Twitter he works for Comicbook.com he's a huge Walking Dead Fan I immediately went to His Twitter page uh, just to See if he was responding and he of course he Said I was sitting on this I didn't want to say anything because I wanted To wait and you know Find out uh, more information or kind of let AMC You know Collider just ran with it kind of Threw it out there um, And you know that pretty much confirmed It you know because you know he's got a great relationship with the show and the people, and I was just like, "Dude, this is, you know, legit." Um, I know the I know the the ratings for this season went down, but it's still one of the most you know popular shows on television. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if the show can survive without uh, Andrew Lincoln. I I think, um, you know, I know that the death of Carl. Um, was a huge kick in the nuts to a lot of people. A lot of people felt like it was just for shock value. Um, and I get that. You know, there's a there's a lot of people that, that die on shows, you know, for that shock value. Game of Thrones has done that, where people are alive in the book still but die on the show. But it works because, for the most part, their core uh, characters, um, you know, are intact. But... Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know that the show can survive. And it's funny because I've actually gone back and I like binge-watching the Walking Dead, you know, seasons. And in season four, um, Maggie's sister Beth tells Daryl that he'll be the last man standing, you know. She says, you'll be the last man standing after this is all said and done. You'll be the only one here. And then I got to thinking, oh, my God, you know, this – it's come full circle, like, because Andrew's leaving. Like, Daryl really is going to be the last one. I think with Maggie leaving, I think Daryl will be the only main cast member to still be on the show uh, because Michonne didn't come in until um, season three. Um, so, and, you know, and there's talks that she, her contract's up, so she could be leaving as well. Uh, so I, I don't know, I mean, this could just be like a huge reboot, and they're going to do a spinoff with Daryl, um, I know he's got fans, and I normally read this is a huge draw, um, you know, maybe Jeffrey Dean Morgan sticks around as Negan, uh, maybe then expand on his role a little bit, um, but no, this show's going to, it's going to really hurt, because like you said, Lauren Cohen's only going to be for a few episodes, and then she's leaving, uh, from what The report says Andrew Lincoln's not going to finish season nine out, so he'll actually leave before um, the season's up. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I don't know where they're going to go from here, but apparently AMC's going to keep rolling with it. But uh, it's a huge loss for sure.
1: Absolutely. If you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of Walking Dead, I mean, Andrew Lincoln, um, or just Rick Grimes in general, is – the superhero, if you will, for that show. But um I'm I feel bad for fans of the show uh that are you know, especially the diehard fans. Um I'm with you guys. But also for Andrew Lincoln, I think, Nick, this is kind of positive for him because I think that he has turned himself into a good actor with the show. I think that this opens the door for the possibilities. Um I think that he's known in the geek space and I don't know if possibly leading a film or anything like that, but it could be a part of some type of ensemble uh, for a future Star Wars uh, movie or a future Marvel film or a DC film or maybe another sci-fi related series or something else, uh, maybe his own Netflix show where he's named the star and uh, to some extent uh, playing another character. Um, do you think this was you know not smart of him to leave probably a paycheck so big because? he has to be up there as the highest paid actor on the show. Um, I would say either him or Daryl, at least. Or do you think it's smart for him realizing, you know, I'm in my early 40s. If I'm going to do anything acting-wise, I should probably get out of the show and go do it.
2: I think it was smart of him because he sees the writing on the wall. Um, Because I, like you, agree that this show probably should have run for about seven seasons and then been done. Um, they have stretched things out way longer than they should have. Um, it kind of, I mean, it really came to a head this last season, but they have been doing it for the last few seasons. And it, the, the show is just utterly predictable. I mean, it's it, like you know exactly how every season is going to play out, basically. There will be some shocking turn of event at the mid-season finale. Maybe someone will die. Um and then there'll be some shocking turn of event at the season finale and maybe someone will die. Um, like that's pretty much how it goes. No main characters ever bite the dust on anything other than uh a mid season or a season finale. Um I, I I not that I can remember anyway. Um and that's why the ratings are always so much higher for the mid season and season finales. Um, Than the rest of it, because people tune in to see what's going to happen to the to the main characters. You know, like they don't keep you guessing, and that's one of the things that I think has kind of been their downfall. Is they play things too by the book, and I think Andrew Lincoln is making the right decision and saying, "People, I can see where this trend is going. People are kind of getting tired of it. The ratings are going down. Uh, and I know Kanan said it's still." One of the highest rated uh cable shows on television, and that is true um but nevertheless, like it doesn't take much to see that trend head south and I am somebody who has watched every single episode of The Walking Dead, and at the end of season eight, I said that's it i'm done that's a, that's a good that's a good enough closing for me um i I asked myself several times during season eight like why am I still watching this and I, I thought the I, I won't spoil anything, but I thought the way season eight ended was good for me, and the little cliffhanger that they threw in there I was like really that's where you're going with it now nope i'm done. I was already done now i am extra done like i'm not I'm not doing this to myself anymore i'm just like i'm literally like almost bored as I watch this um and you know what furthermore, I honestly, I kind of think. On some level, I agree with Kanan that I don't think this show can exist anymore without Rick Grimes. Um, but I don't think that was always the case. And in fact, I got super tired of Rick's character arcs um, throughout you know the seasons. Because after his wife dies, it's like there was this pattern of like, um, essentially, you get crazy Rick, then you get leader Rick, then you get crazy Rick, then you get leader Rick. And it, it just got so tiresome for me. I was like, just kill him already. Um, and in this past season, like, there was a moment where, like, Negan might die. And it was, like, up in the air how, what would happen with the Saviors. And I was like, yes, kill him. Make things interesting. Like, no one expects it. Fucking kill him. And now the Saviors are, you know, free to run amok and fuck shit up as they please because at least Negan brings some sort of law and order um to this group and if you if you kill him off they're now anarchists and they're even more dangerous than they were before um and of course they didn't do that um and even though i like i enjoy yep. jeffrey dean morgan's scenes more than anybody else on the sh- on the show as of the past you know season plus um like i just thought it would have made so much sense for his arc to have ended already Um, and that goes back to what you were saying, Dane, like they just stretch things out way too much. If they had made this five to seven seasons and essentially you don't have to go bit for bit by the comics, but kind of more follow the comics. Um, I think it would have made a lot more sense. And one more thing before I throw it back to you. Um, I also think, and I, yeah, I'd actually kind of like to throw this to Kanan to get his thoughts. I also think Kanan that, um, it would be a lot more easy it would be a lot easier pill to swallow of um, seeing Rick die if they hadn't already killed off Carl like if Carl could become the leader or at least maybe not the leader maybe Daryl's the leader but carry on that that Rick Grimes integrity um that that to me is is what they've put themselves in a position where they can't lose Rick and that is a big part of it um, Do you agree with me on that? it would be easier to lose Rick if you still like Carl. Uh,
0: yeah, because Carl had a huge arc and has a huge arc in the comics with Negan, uh, right? Which we're not going to really get to see. So, um, I think I think if they killed Rick on some Carl, I think people still probably would have been pissed. Uh, but I think now I don't think even you know I don't even think Andrew Levin will will be you know that huge. I, it depends on. How they do it, you know, how they have him walk off the show, um you know he really honestly has nothing left to live, well, he still has Judith um but you know he's kind of a he's kind of a broken man, and honestly, I feel like this is just something that's that Andrew is doing because he's tired, and I guess he just feels like he needs to leave, but I do feel like there's a lot more story to tell um with Rick and Negan because in the comics, you know they have a relationship after Negan is captured. I don't know how far we're going to get into that. So, we're going to lose a lot of cool stuff um, that we could have seen in the comics. And I don't think we're going to get that with Daryl. I think Daryl's got just a certain um, attitude uh, about him that people like, you know, and people just love Norman Reedus. But I don't know if he can carry the show. I do agree with you 100%. I also feel like maybe that uh, Andrew Lincoln just, you know, maybe he's not happy with the way his character is written uh, now uh, because they flip flopped this season. Uh, you know, one minute you're cheering for him, the the next minute you're like, man, Rick, you're kind of an asshole. You know, maybe Negan's right. You know, Negan from the get-go should have been a total asshole. Like, everybody should have hated Negan. But there's parts in, uh, you know, there's parts in the season where you're kind of like pulling for Negan and you pull for Rick. And, you know, Rick's like almost the bad guy. And, I mean, I know he's done stuff to survive. Um, But, you know, maybe he's just tired of that. Maybe he's he's just, you know, at the point where he's like, hey – you well, know, you, you killed off Chandler. We're pissed about that. You know, this is happening. I'm, I'm just, you know, we're kind of done. I'm just ready to go home, spend time with my family, and and see where it goes. But sure, well, it's, it's
1: funny, a huge with loss, with man, for sure. himself, that character is the reason why I was more invested with the show. And honestly, they didn't display him as such an evil person. It seemed like he was justified in some of the actions they did, even killing Glenn yep. and Abraham. Uh, you know, they went in and, bre- uh, you know, killed half his men in a compound in their sleep. So, I mean, you know, it was more of like a tip for tat type of thing. He was very organized, so they didn't really display him as the sociopath type of uh, character that I think he was in the comic books. But either way, with Andrew Lincoln, um, before we exit this thing, kind of like strap wrap it up, uh, you're Andrew Lincoln, you get some offers either with original uh, concepts, uh, for television shows or movies, or uh, you get something that's more like comic-driven, something that's already been known or, or a property that's already there. Uh, n- knowing that Rick Grimes was such a you know multi-dimensional character that, like you both have said, he had properties of being heroic, and then kind of would go in you know kind of on, on the uh, insane um, rampages you know by biting people's throats and you know just go on ape shit. Would you rather see him perform in a television show or a movie as a villain or as a hero? Nick? Mm-hmm.
2: You know what? Uh, it's funny that you say that because I was kind of thinking before I went on my little spiel, um, y- you know, in my, my prep leading up to my spiel, um, that I would like to see him as a villain. Um, I could even see him being Craven, um, you know, what we brought up earlier. Um, he wouldn't be my first choice, yeah. but I could see it. Um, and no, I would totally like to see him as a villain. Um, I think he's established himself as a good enough actor and it would be a nice change of pace to see him as that, you know, kind of, um, menacing villain, but maybe, um, you know, with some motivations that, that the audience can understand. Um, I, I think that'd be great. I, I think I would much prefer to see him as a villain.
1: Oh, I love that concept. With me, villain wise, I I love the idea of Craven, but Sinestro, he's been one of my top choices Ooh. to play the head of the Yellow Lanterns. Definitely bring his yeah. British accent into it. Probably that you would do a Craven as well, his natural British accent. But um, mm-hmm. he's a character, you know, he might be a little bit too old, but he's someone I could have even said, uh, you know, Wolverine, maybe. I think he's about 5'9, 5'8. You, sure? nine, five, eight. Uh, you yeah. know, buffed up, known to the people, so they'll kind of latch onto him and accept him. But he's a little bit too old. Um, for where I think they're going to be going with it, you know, for the relationship with him and Gene, possibly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, even even as – if they establish Batman in this Titan show, uh, Andrew Lincoln, someone I could definitely see playing Batman in that type of capacity as well. So he's got a lot of stuff going for him. But he, regardless, I would like to see him play a villain first, even on the original project. Uh, Can, how do you feel?
0: Um, well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on, you know – what he would get into, I, I think he's, he's devoted so much of his time uh, with The Walking Dead. I don't know that he would jump into anything, you know, that would see him be a hero where he would have to do multiple projects. I think that he, I feel like he yeah. would probably just take it one movie at a time. Now he he is British, um, so I know people probably find that hard to believe, but he is British uh, and he does clean up very nicely. Um, I think he would be a really good Bond villain. Um, mm. I think, um, nice. I, and and he could be one off, so he doesn't have to be a lingering Bond villain. He could. Um, I don't know where they're gonna go after uh, Bond twenty five, but I could see, you know, maybe if uh, the, you know, after Craig's done, you know, they move on to someone else, maybe Henry Cavill with Bond or, or whoever they get. You know, he could be a pretty good Bond villain, or, or you know, he could just be uh, in some type of action flick. I, I don't think that we've seen the last of Andrew Lincoln. Um, but as far as being a hero, I feel like that would probably, you know, kind of corner him into doing multiple type roles, and I just don't know that I could see him, you know, kind of doing that. I think, you know, he's he's been on a stretch, like you said. He's been in Atlanta, and if you watch those shows, the sweat on their bodies and the dirt is probably real, and I couldn't imagine doing that for um, – I think they said they shoot from the middle of May until – the week before Thanksgiving um, for, you know, so, you know, for nine years he's been doing this. Um, so I just I just don't know that he would get, any, you know, get committed to doing something like Robert Downey Jr. where he's been a hero for the last ten years.
2: Yeah, I like the Bond thing. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think I would even, really he did. could even be like,
1: there's actors I would like to see way over him, but he could even be like a Pierce Bronson-style James Bond. Uh, I definitely sure. like that concept, just Just by itself Uh, But yeah He's definitely I understand what you're saying It had to be a lighter schedule You know When you play a superhero You can get superhero fatigue, And it seems like the actor In this next story Did have it after a while Uh, Jamie Foxx Who played Electro uh, Is set to play Spawn uh, And creator Todd McFarlane His Blumhouse project The adaptation of Spawn That he will be directing And writing Uh, Apparently Jamie Foxx Was trying to play Spawn uh, Beforehand and uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, Tom McFarlane's been talking about making his own movie for the last uh, 74 years of our lives, and uh, (laughs) finally, shit's happening, and I'm happy about that. I'm I'm very excited about the horror element, trying to make the character somewhat of a Jaws-like entity, is what he kind of referred to as, where you don't see him as much until he's there, and when he's there, the presence Mm. is going to obviously be there. But now getting someone like Jamie Foxx, I think there is going to be a lot more uh, involvement uh, with the character being, you know, he still might be in the shadows, kind of like a Batman type concept, uh, hunting these criminals. Uh, but there'll still be principles of him talking, having dialogue, because I don't think you'd get Jamie Foxx on board if you wanted him not to be, uh, you know, the character itself the Spawn. So this is, this is very cool. Uh, it's apparently not going to be an origin story so they're just going to go for it and um i love blumhouse i I think that they're able to take you know for horror movies at least uh they're able to take these um you know uh small budgeted uh movies and make them very successful the only apprehension i have is todd mcfarlane directing it but if he has a good dp and you know someone that can help him with cinematography along the way you know i think that it could work out very well and uh you know they're they're planning on making it for a small amount of money. He was saying something ridiculous at first. It's definitely not going to happen, now, especially with Jamie Foxx involved. But from what I've heard, rumors, the story itself, Spawn taking out bad guys, and then Sam and Twitch, the two police officers, are trying to figure out what exactly is taking out the bad guys. So that will be a very cool concept, horror-driven. Um, how do you like all this, uh, all this news? Uh Kaden, are you excited about it uh Jamie Fox? does he appeal to you for playing Spawn, or do you want to see Michael J. white come back <laughs>
0: uh, i I really like michael j white i thought he did uh, i thought he did a good job for being a you know pretty much a newcomer uh, on the scene when he played Spawn. I feel like spawn was um you know just really dark um you know but it it was like you know the spawn you know comic um I, and like you said, I, I mean, Blumhouse, and I think that they're going to give, and you know, McFarland Free Rain to do whatever he wants to. Um, I think that this movie will probably come in a uh, pretty low budget. I'd say probably maybe anywhere from ten to fifteen million. I Fully expected to make all of that back plus some. So this is a huge win uh, for Blumhouse. Um, you know, the initial reports were that. Uh, the movie would focus around, um, I guess his partner or, uh, a police, another, uh, another police officer kind of detective that's kind of, you know, going around and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if really like uh, searching for maybe, I guess what happened to her partner or what happened to the partner. Um, I don't, you know, like you said, don't know if that's going to change, um, because Jamie Foxx was cast this time. I, I think Jamie Foxx is a great actor. Um, you know, and so I just don't know how much they're going to put him in the spotlight. You know, you don't really cast him to keep him in the shadows. Um, but I don't know that I see him as as Spawn, um, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't know – I mean, I, I didn't really care for his take as Electro. I felt it was really over-the-top and cheesy. Um, it just you know I thought Michael Jai White just you know really embodied it. I thought he you know he really didn't have a lot to lose. Whereas you know people are going to really be critiquing Jamie Fox, and you know I'm not saying go back to Michael Jai White, but maybe they could have gotten somebody you know maybe a little bit lesser known, or maybe somebody that's you know um, not as old as Jamie Fox. I mean. You know, because if the movie doesn't do well, you know, where you really go from there? I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I just don't know that, you know, right now I'm really, like, buying him as as Spawn. I guess I'll just have to, you know, kind of see, you know, the tone of the movie and where it goes from there.
1: Well, I, I, I can see what you're saying to an extent. Um, and you're someone that I know, you know for the most part, like, understands movies and actors and stuff like that. So I take your opinion a hell of a lot more than some of these people online that, you know, bitch about the fact that that, that Jamie Foxx is really playing this role. Like, he's a horrible actor because he played in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, the director wasn't involved at all within that whole entire concept and that maybe he wasn't told to build that character like that. And not only that, really, when we get down to it, like, this actor – you know, it might have been a couple of years ago, but won the Oscar over Leonardo DiCaprio for Ray uh, has shown mm-hmm. us very depth when it comes to acting. And, you know, I wouldn't mind Michael J. White to play a cameo or, or maybe even a villain. You could make him um, overkill, I think, is uh, the character I'm thinking of in my head. Um, that would be fine. But to say, bring back Michael J. White, you know, Jamie Foxx is a bad actor. I think you're just showing that you just don't know a lot about acting to me, when it comes to that style of opinion of, of aggressiveness online. But I can agree with you on what you're saying, because not only that, Jamie Foxx is a huge name, so now it has to be a little bit more about Jamie Foxx than the actual character. That's, that's a fear I have into it, along with Tom McFarlane directing, uh, yeah. you know, being a first-time director. I understand he knows the character, but Nick, does any of that stuff, does that worry you at all with this adaptation, and how do you feel about Jamie Foxx's response? Fox?
2: Uh, does it worry me um, that, well, Todd McFarlane making his directorial debut, I mean, anytime someone makes their directorial debut, you're you're at the very least curious as to how everything's going to play out. But I agree with you in the sense of you get yourself a good director of photography, you get yourself a good crew around you, um, I think everything will be fine. I mean, to me, it certainly helps that he has a vision of the character, both in the sense of who the character is and how to frame the character. I mean, because he worked on the comics for so long. Um, I, I I think that goes a really, really long way as to um, you know him being able to pull it off. Um, but as far as uh, as far as Jamie Foxx, I'm one hundred percent on board with it. I think I, I mean I've seen enough versatility out of his career, whether it be Ray. Um, whether it be his character in, um, in, uh, uh, Baby did Driver, I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought he did great in that. Uh, even, like, a character like Motherfucker Jones, um, where it was obvious, like, a, a like, just a, a spoof character in a, in a spoof movie. Um, but, like, he pulls off, like, that, that menacing, calm, cool, and collected, you know, um, vibe in this offbeat comedy, um, I mean he, his character is is great in that. Um, so yeah I am I'm on board 100% with with Jamie Fox. Oh and uh one other one. Um he's so so good. It's probably my favorite of his performances And 2004 is Collateral uh with Tom Cruise. Um, Absolutely. He, just, he he just plays cab driver and he's caught up in this crazy situation and God, he's so good in that movie. That movie's terrific. If y'all haven't seen it, it's it's probably my favorite performance from both of those actors, honestly, because um, I think Tom Cruise, it was just so perfect for that role. Um, I Honestly, that's like a role where I can't see anybody else playing that role. Like, he was just so embodied, that role. Um, but nevertheless, no, I'm totally on board with him. Um, what I'm kind of hoping for is, like, give it almost like the Silence of the Lambs treat. Silent Yeah, Silence of the Lambs treatment. Um, And what I mean by that is um, Anthony Hopkins had a total of 19 minutes of screen time in Silence of the Lambs. Um, Yet, who do we all remember from Silence of the Lambs? We remember Anthony Hopkins. Um, He was Hannibal Lecter. He stole the show. Every scene he was in was super important. Um, Like, I could see it being like that. Like, make the main character... This detective i.e jodie foster's character in that movie and make spawn your like hannibal Lecter, and just make his impact like that important and that big and that may be like i know y'all are kind of have been speculating as to whether um you know whether if you've got a big name like jamie fox maybe you change your um your direction a little bit and try to focus that character more but like I honestly think it would be super cool to see, like, a Spawn movie where, like, you know, Spawn isn't necessarily the main character, but he's the most important character, just like Silence of the Lambs. You can get away with that if you write a superb script, which I think Todd McFarlane knows the character well enough, um, you know, in order to do. I mean, talk he should. Um, and, you know, it's just going to come down to... Um, is he a great writer? Um, and that's that's something, it's one thing to write a comic book, it's another thing to write a screenplay, and I get that. But, like, I'm excited. I mean, I kind of what I have built up in my head, uh, I, I think this could be super awesome, and uh, I'm totally down with, you know, Jamie, Jamie Foxx getting maybe the first, you know, getting first billing on the picture, but not having the most screen time. Um, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. And if, if it's done right, I think it could work splendidly.
1: Absolutely. Um, all right, before we yeah, move on, let's stay on the whole concept of uh, there's another character that's, that's very known that I think is going to be introduced in this movie. I could be wrong uh, with the clown and uh, Violator. And I found someone uh, had posted the idea of Danny DeVito playing the clown and having Doug Jones <laughs> play the Violator, but doing prosthetics. And I actually really like that concept. Um, are you guys hoping that they introduce that character and maybe even Mel Boljo, you know, the devil himself, or do you want them to kind of keep this more street level? Uh, uh Nick, how, how do you feel?
2: Um, I, I would be fine either way. Um, if it was street level, I would be cool with that. I, I feel like there should probably be one big bad in there. Is the clown, is that who John Leguizamo played? Is that the same character? Yes. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's at least a character that the general public would remember and recognize. I feel like that's safe. Um, So, you know, if they went with that, um, you know, I I think that would probably be your best bet as far as going with a a character, Um, especially because, you know, I mean, we haven't had a Spawn movie in over 20 years. So um, I think that would be smart. Um, but I mean, I would be down for, you know, anything, you know, I mean, I think the majority of the film should kind of be street level and then escalate into this kind of, um, maybe slightly bigger picture. Um, and if, if they want to go that route, then, you know, pick from any of those characters. Uh, but yeah, as far as who I would like to play that character, um, off the top of my head, I mean, Danny DeVito would be something, um, I, I mean, I, I definitely think he could pull it off, um, I mean, he's, he's a really good actor, I mean, I think people probably know him best for, it's always sunny nowadays, but, I mean, the guy's been in, in a really long list of really good movies, um, uh, I, you know, honestly, I don't know, I, I would say maybe someone like, uh, I think, uh, you know, like an Edward James Olmos would be pretty good, a Clifton Collins Jr. Absolutely. Um, would be pretty good. Um, just those are two off the top of my head.
1: I know a lot of people are going to pick Andy Serkis, but I think that that's kind of, um, I don't know, kind of a little bit too on the nose. I think that you, that's like picking, uh, what's his name, um, the kid who played Pennywise, uh, one of the, oh man, Bill Skarsgård.
2: Skarsgård, uh, yeah. I think
1: that, yeah, they, they can get better choices, I, w- I would think. Um, someone put on an awesome combination of um, Sam and Twitch being played by Michael Madsen and Aaron Paul, and that would be amazing as those two detectives yeah, the are dunking along in piece of shit, cops. Um, but now we're talking about a budget that's getting increasing and increasing that's supposed to be $10 million. Anyways, um, Kanan, uh, would you like to see Violator and the Clown explored in this next movie or kind of keep it more – you know, street level and maybe go more into that realm in, a, in the sequel that possibly could happen? Uh,
0: I don't think they're guaranteed a sequel, so I think you almost have to introduce them uh, in, in some capacity. Uh, I think uh, I think getting big-name actors is definitely going to creep into the budget. I, like I said, I do not think this movie is going to be um, a big budget. I think probably the biggest star um, will be Jamie Foxx, which, I mean... I'm really, like I said, I'm really shocked that they they got him. So either the script's really good, or Jamie Foxx just wants to do something fun, you know, for a change. Um, you know, what's funny is, is that when Spawn came out years ago, the biggest name other than Martin Sheen, uh, really the biggest name in that Spawn movie was John Leguizamo. Michael J. White was relatively yep. unknown. Uh, so uh, Spawn was the main character, but really the spotlight was on John Leguizamo, the, the clown, the violator, all that. I think what would be pretty cool is if um, Michael J. White came back and did the voice for Mal uh, Malbolgia. Uh, so then you could and, uh, have him come in and do the voiceover for him. Uh, and I think that, you know, if John Leguizamo doesn't want to or you don't want to bring him back as a clown, because let's face it, he was awesome as the clown. Uh, he was, like, the role was perfect for him. Uh, but I think uh, Danny Devito. No, I don't. I don't think that would be a good fit. I think someone like Charlie Day uh, would probably be a really good fit for uh, the clown, and then the violator could All just right. be, you know, CGI.
1: Well, remember CGI equals money. So if they're going to try to do something that big, I think that's why they're. Well, they're going. I
0: mean, this movie's going to have
1: CGI. I
0: mean, spam is going to be. Well, yeah, but violator galore. by itself
1: is a lot. Um. I don't know. I, I disagree on the Danny DeVito. I think that that's actually a brilliant concept. He's done a lot of movies, than just being the guy from Always Sunny. So, who knows? But if, if you're saying John Leguizamo coming back, I don't usually like that concept, but I will put him up there because he's probably my favorite thing about that original Spawn movie. I'll put him up there with taking back, uh, you know, um, you have to play J. Jonah Jameson, um, J.K. Simmons. Uh, I'd be down for that. I would actually be completely down for that. I like your idea of having... Michael C. Hall played the voice of uh, what's going call too Malvolja. That would be very interesting concept. Um, but either way, it just I kind of I, I understand that this whole entire shared universe thing's been very hard. But now with this coming out, I kind of wish Blumhouse was just doing low budget style image comic book character movies, and we could have had maybe not a shared universe, but Blumhouse doing Witchblade and Darkness and Spawn and Savage Dragon a lot of these characters, and kind of take those sci-fi, horror, 80s, 90s cinema elements and really kind of go all out, but obviously, you know, watching the troubles that, you know, uh, DC's having to an extent, and Universal had, and even Films are having with this huge shared universe concept, maybe that wouldn't be the best idea, but it would be very interesting. Uh, do you guys, does either one of you guys have anything else uh, as we wrap up the whole Spawn thing? Uh, Nick? Nick?
2: Um. No, I mean, I, I think that you could get away with doing a lot of those things without having necessarily, like, you could just have them exist in the same universe without them actually having to connect. Um. And, and if Spawn is a success, I mean, I think, you know, you might see them go down that road, and, and that would be kind of cool.
1: Possibility could be there. Caden, anything else? Uh.
0: No, nothing really else to comment on it.
1: Alright, well, guys, our next uh, story is a crazy concept altogether. Uh, after a long time of being on the project, as in a couple months, uh, with this project dating back for a fucking six years, I think, uh, The Crow, uh, both Jason Momoa and directing um, Corin uh, Hardy have exited the remake. <laughs> so now, uh, Jason Momoa, I think, would be the fifth actor to jump off. We have Bradley Cooper, um, we had uh, Luke Evans at one point. We've we've had a, just a ridiculous amount of actors uh, for this, and, and different directors as well. And apparently, from what Corn Hardy said, this is the hardest decision he's ever had to make. Uh, Corn Hardy made the nurse, uh, or not the nurse, the, the nun, which is an off-range movie of a character um, from the uh, what's that series called? I'm um, hearing. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Hearing. Nick yeah. is my. Nick is my memory tonight uh, for some reason (laughs) it's gone to crap. I wonder why. Um, But yeah, it just... um, Don't really know a lot of his work. Uh, I know he made another movie besides that. I think it was called The Hollow. Never saw it. Horror movie. Um, Didn't really care about this project. I'm not one of those people that are like, (laughs) The Crow is just a classic and no one should touch it because it's a classic. I'm not like that. I understand not only that... You know, even, even though it is a classic, it's a great movie. uh, has a great score, or not score, um, a great soundtrack, I should say, with uh, songs from The Cure and a bunch of other good stuff on it. I really do enjoy the movie. Um, I just, if, if they're going to make another movie, guys, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not going to erase the original fucking version, and then you're never going to be able to see it or anything like that. So having an adaptation, which their idea was to go more by the comic, and I really don't know what that means because I've never read the comic, uh, I didn't really care about this whole entire thing. And after director and director and director leaving, and actor and actor and actor, I was hoping that J- Jason Momoa got the fuck off this Nowhere project. Um, so it's unfortunate, uh, especially for people that have been working on the film for a long time, but I don't think this is going anywhere, and maybe they should just realize it's not going to go anywhere. Maybe they should get Todd McFarlane to start making like, weekly updates about it, maybe it'll, eventually it will happen in another eight years. I don't know. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about this with Jason Leaving and the director for the new Crow reboot, remake, whatever the
2: fuck? Um, well first things first, uh I just gotta I gotta bring in some, some life shit. Um this uh so I got this new um uh this new guy started uh working for the landscaping company that I work for and he brought up that he liked nickelback the other day. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, you just admitted that to like three people that you just met? Um and he was like man like sometimes you just got to listen to like so, sometimes you just got to listen to some sad music and i was like no i mean i get that but i would rather listen to the cure um or the smiths or Conor Obrist or or you know any number of things before that um
0: so that i just had Sebastian. to get that off
2: my chest it had been bothering me and i hadn't i hadn't been able to say it to anybody so um now you and all of our audience knows knows my pain <laughs> um but as far as the Crow remake, I I have I'm just like you, dude. I couldn't care less. Uh, it's and I, and too, i I'm like you. I'm not one of those people who's like uh, it's, it's 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 a classic that can't be um, can't be tampered with. You know, it's like like the people who say um, you can't remake Scarface. And it's like, dude, Scarface was a remake. You know? Um, it, yeah. I I mean, I don't I don't really care. It, my thing is this: they've made what four three or four crow sequels and none of them have been any good um there's only so much you could say with this character you know like it's his his story began and ended in the first crow movie and it was great it was perfect um it's not a character that needs to you you need to keep going back to it's kind of like kanan said with spawn like Yes, there's a lot of different things you could explore. I mean, I think in one of the comic lines, Spawn um, even, like, takes over the Kingdom of Heaven or some shit like that, or, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the comics. I've heard it in passing. Um, but nevertheless, like, it, with, like, a revenge tale, um, there's only so many, like, ways you can go about that. It's the same thing with, like, Taken. Like, the first Taken movie was, was fine, the second and third it's just like how many fucking times are we gonna do this? It's the same thing with the crow. Like if you can't do something new and different with the character, it's not going to have sustainability and be intriguing. Um and and I feel like that's the case with the crow and it, it, it's it's you know, and especially with something like the crow where the first spawn movie wasn't really good the first Crow movie is a good movie. Like, it's it's a it's very enjoyable, good movie. Like you said, it has a great soundtrack. Like, you can still go back and watch that and enjoy it. Um, so, I, yeah, I just didn't feel like it really needed to be remade. Um, not that I wouldn't go see it. It's just I, I don't have any huge interest for it. And I certainly didn't. Like, Jason Momoa never hyped me up for it. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, whatever. Um, but, like... Yeah, I, and I think too one of the biggest reasons that it, it has so much hoopla around it is because it was Brandon Lee's final film. Um obviously the um the accident that happened with the with the blank uh the gun that shot blanks and everything. Um and uh you know, so I think that probably lends itself a little bit to, to you know, them a lot of people not wanting a remake and I get that. Um I, but to me, what it really boils down to is just the character and the fact that we got a really good movie out of it. To me, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, if, if, you, if you hit the nail on the head the first time, like, no one's going to be clamoring for a remake. People will go see it, but they're not clamoring for it. Whereas something like Spawn, where you didn't quite hit it right, I'm more intrigued to see something like that. Kaden, would you agree with that assessment? Um,
0: I agree with you know I agree with a lot of it. I mean, I feel like this movie is is pretty doomed, and um, I just don't know that it's it really needs to be made. I mean, the original Crow um, is a great movie. Um, you know, I hate that we really didn't get a true sequel because you know Brandon Lee died while filming it. Um, there have been other sequels, um, but none of those really live up to, uh, you know, to the original movie. And when you have actor after actor, actor and studio after studio, just kind of like drop off the project. I mean, there, I mean, why do you really want to keep going after it? I mean, I just don't think it's something that really needs to be made. And if it gets made, it gets made, but I mean, they keep pushing it. I mean, I think Jason Momoa would have been a, a would have been great, um, you know, as the crow. Um, I think the director would have, you know, Corn would have done a great job with the film. Uh, but I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. And um, you know, when does a studio just eventually say, you know what, guys, we're just going to scrap it, and you know, we're going to move on to other stuff? And if somebody comes up and they really really want to do it then go for it. I mean, I would almost at this point, I almost would just, if you want it to come out so badly, then just go find some up and coming director who wants to get his feet wet in Hollywood, find an up and coming star who really wants to get his name out there,
2: make the movie
0: and see how it does. I mean, you don't need a big time actor for this film. Uh, You just need to tell a really good story. So go out there and find an established um, screenwriter who can put together a great story and and then make it, I mean, make it for two or $3 million um, and and then go from there. And then once, you know, people see it and if they really like it, then the interest will be there. I just do not think there's any interest from anybody, because anytime news comes out that they're remaking the crow, all I ever do is see people say, this doesn't need to be remade. We don't need to see this. Just stop, just stop, just stop. We don't need to see this. And then, you know, look what happens. It's 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 snake bit, dude. I mean, it's the the crow is carrying the Bruce Lee curse, the 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 Lee curse, man. That movie is just doomed. It does not need to be made. So I say, just move on and, and, and go in another direction. Yeah, I I
1: just don't care. I mean, just don't make this
0: movie. <laughs>
1: It's done the, the fucking water, people. It just it doesn't need to keep them going. And I mean, you've gotten better to worse to worse director, I think, with this whole entire concept until you get, you know, the 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 non-director. Uh, Critically acclaimed nun director uh, I'm just i done. I'm over <laughs> this. Let's go to another topic altogether, guys. There is a huge rumor going on right now, uh, not 100% for sure, obviously. But I'll well, pass to Kanan first so you can kind of go into more detail that um, the Penguin – might be the central villain in either the Batman or Birds of Prey, or possibly be starring in both movies in some way. Um, uh, we've heard uh, many people say that they're, they would like to play uh, Josh Gad being one of them. Uh, I think that Patton Oswalt in the past has said that he would love to do it. Alfred Molina has said that he would love to do it. Toby Jones. I've heard people like say Paul Giovanni, Ray Winston. There's so many good actors I could play this role. Recently, I put Andy Serkis, because he's worked with the director of the Batman, obviously, previously in the Apes films, and a lot of good choices, basically. Uh, Caden, what details can you tell me further with this story, and um, how do you feel if they pick the Penguin as the villain for the Batman, or do you think that maybe he'd be better suited to be the villain in Birds of Prey, since he's a fucking Penguin and it's Birds of Prey? (laughs)
0: Um well, this story took off because Justin Kroll from Variety um tweeted out that um he had heard that the you know, the Warner Brothers was wanting to use the penguin and that uh, I think that the concept was gonna be if I guess if, if you know, depending on how Reeves script was going, um, uh, you know, if they were gonna use him for that movie or if it didn't work out with the Batman movie, then he could be looked as um, a villain for the, the Birds of Prey film um, because Justin Crowe works with Variety and Variety is one of the bigger trades. You know, this caught a lot of steam; people are running with it. Um, but I think even he was saying that you know, just kind of run with it like right now is a rumor. I, you know, it's not. I don't think it's something that he's hundred um, percent committed to. But no one else has come out and said that it's not true. Um, You know, and of course Gad has teased quite often, um, you know, about wanting to play the pink one, and people thought that there was a smoke, um, you know, fire with that smoke as well. But, you know, we've seen other people do that before. We, uh, you know, Army Hammer teased Green Lantern, and even Henry Cavill got in on it and had people thinking that Army Hammer was going to play Green Lantern, and of course none of that ever, uh, you know, panned out. Not yet, anyways. Um, I think... The penguin would be a really good fit for, you know, the Batman film. I mean he was teased in Justice League. Uh we haven't seen the penguin since Batman returns. Um, I I think that he would be a kind of a cool, a kind of, you know, mob boss mentality, uh, type character, um, for Batman to go against. Um if the script is right. Um I, I think I don't think he would be a terrible villain for um you know the birds of prey. Either, um, in fact, you know he he may even fit better. You know with them. Um, you know, starting out just because they could probably go in another direction with Reese Batman. You know, maybe using um, Hush or even bring Deathstroke back. Um, have him uh, be the villain as well. Um, either way, I think he'll he'll be a good villain. Um, you know for batman or you know the birds of prey i just would honestly my preference would be to see him as a batman villain uh than the birds of prey because i just don't know where uh you know they're going right now i don't know if harley's going to be working with them or she's going to be kind of the antagonist you know maybe we see joker you know i'm not sure where they're going to go with that film right now um i think i'm just kind of more interested in if it is penguin who they get to play him, and of course, you know, like you said, Andy Serkis um, has worked with Matt Reeves before, and he's no longer with Marvel since they have confirmed that Khalil is dead and not coming back, and uh, you know, Boss Logic did that uh, pretty cool poster, and um, you know, of course, that's got everybody hyped as well, and everybody would love to see Andy Circus in the DC Universe, so uh, yeah, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this, if it's true.
1: Yeah, I, I, I personally would like to see it happen. Um, I would more or less like him to be the villain in Birds of Prey to be introduced to show his dominance. But I've kind of said this. I would like to use movie If if we don't get the Batman and we get maybe Batgirl and this or Nightwing or, or maybe like one or two of them beforehand, show – what parts of Gotham are taken over by what crime lords? Have Black Mask controlling this section, the Joker controlling that section, the Penguin doing this, and maybe they get wrapped up in the same story because Harley's going for whatever and gets caught up in the mix with the Birds of Prey who's going after to take out uh, Penguin. Then in the Batman, you can do a Hush-like story or something that's different, maybe the Riddler, and uh, it, not one of the crime bosses, but involved, you know, opening up, uh, more of the world that way with Batman. Um, it's a very interesting concept, but uh, Penguin. I want. I don't like the Josh Gad idea. I'm sorry. I, I think that Josh Gad's a great actor. I'd rather have Jonah Hill over him, and I, I know people are going to be like, "What the hell?" I, they're they're similar concept as an actor, same size, very similar look. Um, but Jonah Hill, I think, is a very impressive um, character actor. I think that he's shown a range and a quality that I'd rather him, but I'd rather neither of them. I don't, I don't think they could bring that character being serious. I thought he was wacky with Danny DeVito's version. It was fun. Um, you know, the, the version previous to that with, um, with, uh, Rocky's coach, uh, damn it, uh, Ber- Ber- Meredith, uh, also just very classic. I would like, if I had any choice, uh, and a lot of those great are great choices. Paul Giovanni would be great. Um, you know, Ray Winston would be great. Uh there there's a lot of versions of that uh that would be awesome. I shit, uh give it to um uh what the hell? Um uh Tyrion. Um Oh man. Why is my brain not working tonight, guys? Uh Tyrion Lannister. Um but yeah, just, just come to <laughs> I, was, the the-
2: I was gonna let you figure that one out. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. I
1: can't do it, I Peter Dinklage, thank you. <laughs> You know, there's certain people, but if I could have anyone, I would have Joe Pesci play a vicious penguin, a gangster lord penguin that's brutal as hell, that's much more grounded, that's try, that doesn't have web fingers or anything like that, that's more of how they displayed him in the comics in the 90s. He, he owns the Iceberg Lounge, he's a mob boss, and he's much more, you know, getting his guys to brutally murder someone in front of him type of concept. Robin Lord Taylor kind of had that ruthlessness that penguins supposed to embody, uh, in Gotham. And I really appreciated him for doing that. Uh, so yeah, that rage aspect, that gangster aspect, I don't think they're going to get Joe Pesci. I think Paul Giovanni would be my second choice after that. Uh, but something of that type of concept, uh, Nick, how do you feel about this whole entire thing? Would you want to see the penguin as a villain in either birds of prey or the Batman?
2: Sure. No, I mean, I think it'd be great. Uh, I, uh, granted, I, as much as I would like to see Deathstroke or Black Mask, um, you know, a character that we've yet to see take the silver screen. Um, And I I think it would be a little too soon for Hush. I mean, I know that Batman's in an established universe, um, so you could definitely get away with it. But being that DC uh, seemingly, you know, to a lot of people anyway, has has, um, rushed a few too many things. Um, I would hold off on that. I think that would be, I think that would almost be the perfect, um, that, like, benchmark to a Batman trilogy would be the Hush storyline. Um, or even even the sequel could work. Uh, but no, I mean, I think, I think your, your five biggest um, Batman villains, like, of all time are, are probably Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, and uh, Two-Face. Like I, when I think of Batman villains, those are like the five that come to mind first. And out of those five, the one that we, uh, that's we that been the longest since we have seen is the Penguin, as um, Kanan mentioned. It's been since 1992, Batman Returns, since we've seen the character. Um, so, no, I, I would be totally fine with it. I really like Toby Jones. Um, Dane, you, you mentioned him earlier. Um, I, I think uh, Toby Jones... He's got like a, a, a somewhat of a, to me almost like a Philip Seymour Hoffman quality where he could play menacing. Like he's not asked to do it very often. He's usually like Weasley, but I think he could pull it off. Like when when Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, obviously we weren't doing all of this when he was cast in uh, Mission Impossible Three. But he showed, like, a new range in that movie of just being so menacing. Like, he I, – I don't recall him ever having done a character like that before that film. Um, I think Toby Jones could pull that off, too. Um, and maybe it's just because they both played Truman Capote in different movies that I'm drawing this parallel. I don't know. Um, but, uh, no, I, I really like him. I think he could pull it off very well. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea. Um, as far as Birds of Prey – I. I don't mind it because I think you would want to get, um, like, an established villain. Like, I think you could get away with a lesser-known villain more in a Batman movie than you could in a Birds of Prey movie. So I would get it in that aspect. Um, If they wanted to utilize that character in that movie, that would be fine with me. Um, But, again, it's kind of like Kanan said. There's so much, like um, – there's so much that – we don't know about the movie, um, like how everything is going to be constructed. Whereas with a Batman movie, we at least know, you know, Batman is the guy who's going to fight the villain. Like with birth of prey, like Canada, we don't know what, how Harley's playing a role. We don't know, you know, there's, there's rumors who's going to be involved with the birth of prey, but you know, we're not certain I, you know, I've heard Huntress, I've heard, uh, Black Canary, um, but, like none I don't think any of that is confirmed yet, so um so it, all of that is up in the air um so it's, it's just hard to pontificate as far as how the penguin would fit in that equation, whereas with Batman, you could very easily fit him into the equation of you know Batman versus the penguin um and all of his goons um so but yeah, i mean i I would totally be down with the penguin being showcased. It's been a while since we've seen him, and he's a that's a just a terrific character.
1: Absolutely, and the thing with the the Birds of Prey is, like, you could easily have him be the villain of, like, maybe how they form the Birds of Prey is all the women go in and try to infiltrate the Iceberg Lounge trying to get him separately and end up having to work together to do it. Uh, I know in the New 52, I've heard that uh, Penguin gives Black Canary her moniker of the Black Canary, so there is, like, a little bit of a tie in that. Um, Sure, she could just be in for something completely separate. Barbara Gordon could be there. Huntress might be trying to kill him for something involved with her mob-bob dad for some reason. And um, Harley Quinn, same thing. Maybe. I don't know how she'd be able to get past it since she's probably noticeable since she's the Joker's girl. Uh, but they can kind of, Maybe, maybe he, he, uh, he he gets her. Maybe he. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Um,
2: attacks Shitting Harley, up, Harley
1: with his goons and is keeping her hostage against Joker or something like that. So, hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues they can do to kind of like, you know, straighten out how he is a huge mob boss presence in Gotham and a, a suitable villain. Uh, it, it's funny because you said Philip Seymour Hopton. That was probably one of my top choices. and He was rumored to be playing uh, the Penguin in the third um, Dark Knight trilogy movie, uh, but that never obviously happened. But, yeah, I just, I, I definitely uh, think Toby Jones has qualities that I can see what you're saying. But either way. We're going to go into another concept. Um, We're fantasy casting, and it's another DC story. uh, But Justice League casting director Laura Kennedy is leaving Warner Brothers. Now, Laura's been there for a very, very long time, about 20 years now, casting for many, many movies for Warner Brothers. She uh, she specifically casts
0: for all the
1: DC movies so far between Justice League, PBS, Wonder Woman, uh, Suicide Squad and Man of steel and everything. So she's had her hand in all of this. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm, it's not that I'm happy or anything that anyone loses their job. Well, she's actually walking away. So it's obviously she's somewhat of a retirement and a wrap-up. But I'm just going to say that I've liked a lot of her casting, and it's worked out. But a lot of her choices as far as comic books, uh, you know, a- adapting those characters for the big screen, I have to say most of them have been controversial. Uh, You know, you look at the past with uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and, you know, just the community of the geek community uh, accepting all of them. It's kind of not been there. Even Ben Apple has turned into a great Batman, but a lot of people were apprehensive about that. Uh, Then you have someone like uh, Jared Leto, which a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. And he ended up doing the opposite of that when it comes to the the community themselves uh, accepting that character. Now, I'm not saying that that's all her her bad or anything like that but Ezra Miller is a very weird unique choice for the Flash um, Jason Momoa is a very unique choice for um, Aquaman I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I'm glad that there's no firing or her leaving maybe Hamada had something to do with this but she's been at Warner Brothers for a long time she's been casting for them do you think that now they can maybe get a casting director? That, ha- that seems to have the comp books a little bit more in mind. Um, I don't think it's important 100%, but it seems like she didn't have a lot of uh, frame of reference. She was going more off of, uh, I guess, maybe her own instincts. I don't know. That's that's uh, me speculating at this point. But, um, Kanan, how do you feel about her leaving, and do you think that maybe Hamada had anything to do with
0: this? Uh, no, I, I mean, from what i read, I think she just wanted it to go on and do other uh, things create, um, creative-wise. So I guess she she probably just felt like she had done really all she could do at Warner Brothers. Uh, I, I, You know, of course that could just be, you know, kind of for PR, like, hey, we, we're going to say this, but this is really it. But, I mean, I think that, you know, she's, I, I think that's probably what it is, that she's just probably done what she all that she can do there. She's been there for 20 years, uh, just probably got, you know, Uh, Tired of kind of doing the same thing You know maybe she's going and you know starting her own Business or uh, maybe she's going to go Into another you know Avenue of uh, You know production or something like that So I mean don't really know exactly um, You know where her Career is going to take her but she's done a lot Of great things for Warner Brothers she You know like you said she had her hand in um, Casting um, Or helping to cast um, You know a lot of the DC movies And uh you know, whether or not all the casting decisions have been up to her, been up to the director, Um, you know, I think for the most part, you know, they've worked out. Of course, you know, not everybody's going to be happy with who get cast in films. I mean, uh, that happens, you know, even in, um, you know, Fox and Sony and and Marvel and stuff like that. But um, I don't want to say that it's anything really to do with Hamada, um, because she was Warner Brothers casting, whereas um Hamada's pretty much just over D C so I, I doubt if it has anything to do with her. Um but it'll be interesting to see who they get to fill her fill her shoes and show if it'll be somebody that's uh you know, a well known um director or if maybe they'll just have it to where, you know, they have somebody that kinda come in comes in and kind of looks for the cast, consults and then, you know, maybe they're gonna leave it up to uh the studio heads, you know, so like Hamada would have the final choice. Or the directors of the films would have the final choice on who um, you know who they want to cast.
1: Yeah, because that 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 is what I'm wondering is that um, maybe you know we we know there's been a lot of involvement with Warner Brothers, uh, you know, kind of having a heavy stamp on what gets done, even over the directors and the creative minds in charge of that over at DC. So I'm wondering with her not necessarily if she dictated, but if she was more pushing for certain things and her word and her opinion and her, 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 um, who she wanted was who the company wanted. Now, that's all speculation. I don't know that for a fact, but Nick, uh, with all of this, do you think that for someone like her the kind of one out of the box with a lot of the casting decisions, if she was a part of them or if she picked them specifically herself, uh, do you think it's good that we can possibly get someone that will go more towards the norm or do you think that was actually a good quality about her that she was kind of, uh, like I said, a little bit out of the box with her, her selecting for actors?
2: I mean, <clears throat> honestly, it just depends on who they get to replace her. Um, you know, I don't mind being a little outside the box. Um, uh, oftentimes that is hit or miss. And that was, you know, I I would say the case with her. But, like, you look at something like casting Golgadot, and like that was a total home run and she was you know virtually an unknown um she had only been in a handful of movies was you know kind of this this um almost unknown israeli actress and you know she she fit the role perfectly and she did a great job she or she'd done a great job in, you know all all three of her dceu movies to this point um and you know in my opinion was uh Headlined the best of the DCEU movies to this point, so um, I, you know, I, I, I definitely would not criticize her um, as far as the job that that she has done. Um, you, you know, I think I, I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. It's definitely um, off the beaten path. Uh, as much as uh, Ezra Miller is more Wally West than Barry Allen, um, I, I feel like for the way they wrote the role, he was you know. Very, very good casting choice. Um, he delivered his lines terrifically um, in Justice League. So, you know, I mean, I, I, honestly, I kind of feel like it just depends on who you get to replace her. And, and you know, once we figure out who that is and what their um, history is, I feel like I'll have a better idea as to how I feel about, um, you know, who who that person is um, and, and what to expect going forward. Um but as far as now i'm I'm not necessarily in um panic mode, nor am I in celebration mode um like i said I, I i think the the job has been done adequately uh we've We've got a lot of great roles out of it we've had some misses, but you know i i even still with the misses, I feel like more of that had to do with writing and and you know the the, the way the stories were constructed and less to do with casting choices. I mean, like you said, like with Jared Leto, um, yeah, you know, Jared Leto is a fucking terrific actor. Uh, and a lot of people didn't like his Joker, but you know, as far as casting, you know, if, if you were going to cast someone to play the Joker and you told me it was going to be Jared Leto, I, I, there's no, zero chance that I would be like, what are you thinking? Yeah. You that's know, a, that's a great decision. Um now what we got was a little controversial, um but again, a lot of that I'm sure had to do with the directorial process, uh and and, and the the particular actor's process of, of how he how he was taking in the character and everything else. Um but as far as her decision as far as casting, I you know, I have no problem with it and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who we get, you know, going forward.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm a little bit more on the opposite side. I'm, you know, um, I think that a lot of the stuff that she's picked has worked out. But I think that every single, you know, if if, if we're to believe that she had a major opinion on all of this, which I'm assuming she did, um, she's kind of picked some certain people that I definitely second-guessed them. Whether it be Eisenberg as Lex Lut- uh, Luthor, it sure, didn't yeah, work out. That's or a even big scene, be- yeah. yeah. Even even Ben Affleck as Batman. But she also, I mean, Harley Quinn was a great pick. Um, I think Will Smith is dead shot. You know, there's certain people that I think she's done a great job for, but I'm kind of okay with someone else coming in and potentially being the person that picks Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern. You know, if we don't have any more setbacks and we keep on going forward, that's, that's another thing but, but, uh, altogether. By the way...
2: Yeah, by by bringing up Ben Affleck, you mean because of the eventual will he or won't he continue the role? You don't mean as far as his performance, right?
1: No, I'm just saying when he first got cast, everyone went ape shit, and I was one of those people that were like, "Where the fuck did you get this idea from?" Now he ended up doing a good job. Don't get me wrong, but I think two of her, her best casting decisions have been Jared Leto, and um, and. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Henry Cavill and both of them, it's more the director's fault that their characters are kind of wonky, uh, compared to their conflict counterparts. So, sure. you know, it's, it's not all on her. And I think she's definitely had some good choices. It's just now getting some new blood. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that that can kind of be beneficial and we should probably, you know, we've all said this dive away from Warner brothers being so in charge of everything and letting the people that are in charge of the DC universe make the decisions going forward. Um, so, like I said, I don't know. I'm I'm speculating a lot on her, on her involvement and the amount of uh, power she had. But either way, um, Kaden, do you have anything uh, else to say while before we wrap up?
0: This this uh, uh, no, we, we, no we no can.
1: All right, guys, let's go on to our next topic. Guys, Silver and Black is off Sony's schedule. I think we talked Yay. about this like a fucking month ago. Um. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think that it's a smart idea. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I like the idea that Black Cat might be involved, uh, the rumors, uh, with the next Spider-Man movie in some way, so maybe they've said, all right, we've got to figure our shit out. Where, where do we really want to use her? You know, Felicia Hardy has much more involvement with Peter Parker at this point. And with, um, you know, Spike Lee's new project, uh, with uh, Morbius in the pipe, with Venom, it's all like you know, Nick has said for a long time about Venom and, and and how that movie does, and whether or not these projects are going to get greenlit. And um, I think this is one of those projects that didn't really have a direction. Uh, they didn't really have a concept of where it would end up with the storyline and connecting wise. Uh, they just wanted to make the movie to make the movie to develop the characters to make toys and you know expand the universe, which is not a good way of going into it. Um, Nick. Uh, how do you like the fact that they decide to take this off the slate?
2: Uh, well, first things first, I, I think that um, the predictive of how um, Venom does will have a, a big effect on you know, how these movies go. I, I want to say that was uh, Juwan's uh, uh, proclamation before it was mine. I just agreed with him. But uh, Joan's gotten no, credit for my proclamations in the past. So I will take full credit for that shit. Fuck you, Juwan. Um <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Juwan. But, <laughs> but uh but nevertheless, um uh, you, you know, I agree. I think it, I, I I again, I I've agreed with that uh that it's it's kind of a wait and see aspect. And and the simple fact that they don't really have anybody attached to that movie yet. They don't I I haven't heard anything about a script. They've been trying to cast people for God knows how long, Um, and and they just don't have any traction with it, whereas with Nightwatch, there's traction. With Morbius, there's a little less traction, but uh, the Nightwatch but still more traction. Like, go with the projects that you have um, and, you know, put those forward. I think I've said something maybe somewhat controversial at times. The same thing with the DCEU is, like, you know, I, I get that we want, you know, a Batman movie but you know if you if you have a really good um you know um Justice League dark movie that you have a script written for and everything else that that's just that's just an example it's not you know not saying that they do but like if you do like go with that like you know make what you have Um, and and make what you know is is, or what you are strongly inclined to think is going to be really good Um, and don't force something in the works that's not going to be good you don't need to jump on that bandwagon of we have to have strong female characters um, you know because that's what's popular right now like if you don't have a good story then don't do it you know like don't do it just to do it Um, you know wait a little bit make sure you have a good story and then you know that way you can develop those characters. And like you said, if 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 um, uh, um, uh, Black Cat is in uh, Spider Man uh, Two or Spider the Spider Man Homecoming sequel, then maybe that can help develop that character and drum up some interest for that character to where you can um, you know better utilize the the whole spinoff feature. Um, so th- there's a lot of different ways you can go with it, and we also have to, you know, take into account that maybe at least part of this has to do with, you know, the the Sony um, Disney partnership and how they're utilizing these characters and everything else um, that that's happening behind the scenes. Um, I- I'm not, I-, I tend not to think that that's what it is. I tend to think it's more just Sony doesn't have. The necessary parts to go ahead with this project, um, but like I said, if that's the case, then fine. Just Don't do it. Just just wait until you do have all of your ducks in a row, and then go ahead with it.
1: I, I agree with that, uh, Kenan. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I I know that the the director said that she's you know trying to work on the script and take her time. I don't think that uh, honestly. I think it's the studio's call, I think, for the delay. Um, I don't think there's even been any casting. So, you know, people were saying that this was supposed to start shooting soon. Um, there's, no, there's no cast. So how are you going to shoot anything without the cast? Um, uh, also, there's a lot of reports that Sony really wants to dump their entire studio. They almost want to be like Fox and sell to someone else. Um, they just don't really want to be in the movie business anymore. They don't want to just work, and they just want to focus on electronics and, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think they're in any huge rush um, for these films. Uh, I think they will take the the wait and see approach um, with Venom, which I really hope Venom does well. So we get Carnage. Um, I don't really care about a silver and black film. I don't mind seeing them in the Spider-Man universe. Um, but Sony's whole let's do a complete spin off with all these characters and I include Spider-Man is just really honestly one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of, um, which, you know, so I really wouldn't mind Sony selling and giving Spider-Man's rights back to um, uh, Marvel so we could just have everything in-house. Um, but in the meantime, let's hope Venom does well. So people need to go see that movie so we can get Carnage. Um I think I said last week with me and Joel talking, not really too I don't really care too much about a Morbius movie. Um I'd rather see Blade if you're gonna do uh, vampire. Um but um yeah, I mean I d I don't know what Sony's doing, uh, but I think it's smart to, to wait and see, you know, don't don't be like Fox and Throw out. Oh, we're doing Gambit, uh, but we're not doing Gambit. Uh, oh, we're going to shoot Gambit, but we're not going to shoot Gambit. Or we're doing X Force, but we're not doing it. You know, just don't be like them. Just say, hey, we're taking this off the table. We're going to see how this does, and then, and then go from there.
2: You mean don't do like DC? <laughs>
0: uh, well, I mean DC's got Shazam filming and stuff like that. They're they're you know they're not Gambit. I think it's probably been the worst as far as saying they're going to start filming and then they're not filming and then the director's on board and then he leaves Um, I I think you know Gambit's probably been the worst of those I mean if you're comparing DC I would say the Flash has probably been DC's version of of Gambit whereas they have a director they don't have a director you know they're going to start filming they're not going to start filming so but um, no I mean I think Sony's just doing the smart thing they're just taking it off they're going to see how Venom
2: does uh, and then go from there. Sorry, Kanan. I just... I, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, it's
0: okay. I don't wow. really want
2: that Gambit movie. I I love Gambit. I do. I do really want the Gambit movie. Like, is, is that such a crime? <laughs> like, no, I just...
0: I, I think it's like The Crow, man. I just don't think
2: it's ever getting made. Yeah, no, I do. I'll, although, I will say this. I think I... I think an MCU Gambit movie where he teams up with Ant-Man to steal something would be super fucking awesome.
1: I want, I, I've always wanted a Rogue and Gambit movie if I get a Gambit mm. movie. I want the two of them Yeah. in one film. Um,
2: yeah, it would be awesome. Like,
1: like you know, I'm obsessed with that casting of the, uh, the older sister and her ex-boyfriend from Stranger Things playing Gambit and Rogue in whatever X-Men movies come out in the future. Don't know the name uh, of the actors, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know what I'm talking about. Fox Logic did them as the characters, so and they were they were pretty impressive. Um, I still, way, I
2: still really, sick. I still really like Josh uh, Josh Hartnett as Gambit. You have forever imprinted that in my brain.
1: <laughs> I dude, i I've, I've been wanting that for years. Like, if, all right, say if Fox does it, I would rather him than um, and I and I like Channing Tatum, but I'd rather Josh Hartnett a hundred. Percent of your, I've been saying that since high school. Uh, I think yeah, he he's more he's just of more cool. You know, cool. Like, you, you, know, know who you know who better. was my favorite? Uh, originally, it I originally was Luke Perry when I was really young from Beverly Hills, <laughs> <Okay>. now, to <laughs> you know, uh, Dylan. Yeah, I that super he had cool that concept going for him. And then yeah. Josh Hartnett kind of had that in high school. So uh, from the faculty and uh, the fact that he's eyes yeah. are really dark, I don't know. But either way. Yeah, we're talking about Gambit now. We're not even talking about what we were talking I don't even remember what the <laughs> last topic was. I think it was in the <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's talk about some non book movie news uh, for the rest of the uh, show. Uh, the first one I want to talk about, uh, Timothy Oliphant is in talks to join Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Burt Reynolds, Tim Roth, Kurt Russell, and Michael Madsen in, in the new Tarantino film uh, during the time period. Uh, the Charles Manson murderers uh, It's going to be about the 60s it, it, It's a very interesting concept And then you also have Charles Manson uh, We don't know who is playing Charles Manson um, Maybe he's going to get Walton Goggins to play him I have no idea, He's probably needs to be younger than that But uh, Timothy Oliphant I think Also connected to um, to Walton Goggins uh, Great actor, I've enjoyed him and a lot of his stuff uh, Between um, Justified he was in some other Cowboy show that I can't think of that was on HBO for a very long time. But he was a great actor, um, just a great addition to his outstanding cast. Uh, with this addition, Nick, are you more excited about this next Tarantino movie um, or less excited?
2: Uh, well I'm certainly not less excited. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I love uh, Timothy Olyphant. I, I, I mean, he's obviously, like, I think probably the first thing that most of us, and I, when I say us, I mean – uh, people of our generation, Dane, remember him from, was The Girl Next Door. Um, like, I feel yeah, like that was... the
1: dickhead porn star producer.
2: Yeah, like, I feel like that was, like, the big thing that we saw him in. And, of course, he's been in a lot of awesome things since then. He he played a great villain in Live Free or Die Hard. Um, and uh, he, he's been in a lot of, of really interesting roles, and I, I think he's a really good actor. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see if he's playing a role in this movie. Um, Because, of course, it's still just speculation he's in talks. Um, But, I mean, if he is, like, I I think him under, you know, kind of the guise of a a director like Tarantino, we we could see one of, if not his best performance to date. And all of those names that you have already thrown out are so good. Like, that cast is stacked. I'm really hoping that we get – kind of more of a, um, like, kind of back to basics as far as Tarantino, where we get, like, these maybe three to five different stories that intertwine all around, well, then like then kind then... of circling, yeah, yeah, more Pulp Fiction-y, like, kind of circling around 1969 um, Los Angeles, and they all have some kind of small connection to the Manson murders of, of Sharon Tate and, and, you know, all those other people. Um, like, I think that would be super interesting. That's that's kind of what I've got my fingers crossed for. And as far as um, uh, Charlie Manson, uh, you know who I would really love to see Charlie Manson uh, play Charlie Manson is Emil Hirsch, um, uh, yeah. also from The Girl Next Door. Uh, the guy has, you know, he got you know wasted at like some hollywood party and apparently like uh tried to choke um like an exact exec- a film executive um who was a woman no less um so he kind of got blacklisted he was recently in in that um movie the autopsy of jane doe which Dan I know you saw and said was mm-hmm. really good um and i've heard other people say it was pretty good um but you know he he's been he's been kind of blacklisted and and you know Tarantino is the guy who doesn't give a fuck about any of that um he he brought back john travolta um he recently um cast uh um uh shit what's her name um uh damn her name escapes me but very famous uh actress from the eighties in his most recent western movie um i i' believe she was Thank you. That is exactly who I was thinking of. Um, so, I mean, he, he's kind of famous for, for bringing people back and, and, and resurrecting people's careers. Um, so I think Emil Hirsch, I think he, he's got that, that kind of um, that like face. Like Lords of dog things, Yeah, well, that face that kind of feigns innocence, but there's something sinister um, lurking behind it. And to me, that's – if you look at, like, the early pictures of Manson, like, you know – Without any preconceived notion of of who he actually is and who we all know him to be now, um, I, I think you could, could get a lot of that from from that actor. I think he would be perfect for the role.
1: Well, I'm, I, I like that idea a lot, but I'm going to stay with Girl next door and say that I would pick Paul Dano to play uh, young Charles Manson. He's uh, really he's tall. Also
2: Girl next door. Is he really tall? Uh, thinking he's yeah, or he's whatever. It like doesn't matter six three, I think. Uh, Tomatoes.
1: He didn't look. He yeah, didn't I look know. Man, Manson
2: was like five foot one, five two, something like that. Like, um, so, but okay. yeah,
1: I mean, you, Nick, you can Nick, obviously Nick, take Nick, What do we? Do we do we have to ta- do we have to have Wolverine at five two and put him in his yellow and blue <laughs> <is that> what <laughs> Yeah, but down?
2: Wolverine's a fictional character, man. A fictional character. I just did the little. thing wish um, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, but he's not, so, like, I, w- I, would, I would try to stick. My other choice would be Daniel Radcliffe. I think he could pull it off, too.
1: Okay, I-, I like both those choices. All right, Kanan, Um how do you feel about this casting announcement, and why would you like to see uh, Selena
0: Gomez play Charles Manson? I'm more of an uh, Ariana <laughs> Grande man myself, so I think Ariana Grande would be a much better Charles Manson. No, uh, as far as the cast goes uh, – Tarantino's always had a way of handling a huge ensemble. So I, I don't I don't think this is going to be any different. Um uh you know, as far as people saying, Oh, you know, like the star power. I mean, I know DiCaprio will probably be um you know, one of the biggest things, but Timothy Oliphant's a a great actor. Um, you know, like you said, Justified, he's in that show, Santa Clarita died on Netflix. Um You know, he was in the the Die Hard movie, you know, and then the movie The Girl Next Door, like you said, I think that might have been one of his earlier movies. Um, But uh, it's just another great addition to an already great cast. Uh, Yes, he was in Deadwood. Uh, That was a great show as well. Um, But, yeah, he's just another another good actor in an already great cast. Um, So I I think Tarantino will, um, you know, once again, just kind of, you know, give everybody their time to shine. Uh, I don't know that he'll do that Pulp Fiction style where it's kind of cold and from a, a different point of view. Um, you know, he, he could. Uh, that's kind of how he did it with the Glorious Bastards, um, you know, just going from different plays here and there and then kind of all leading up to them all meeting it at at the end. Um, as far as, like, who would play Manson, um I mean, have they have they said that it's... I mean, from what I've read, like, conflicting stuff, like, some people said it's going to be kind of based around the Manson time, but it's not really going to be an adaptation of the Manson murders. Um, so I don't even know if they would cast somebody as Charles Manson. I guess that they I, did. I just
1: think it's, it's uh, not, not going to actually be about Charles Manson. Like, the movie's not going to be about his murderers from his perspective. It's going to be about stuff... What I could see him doing is, since you know, we're talking about the vignette concert, Kanan, is that maybe you see people that are a part of the cult that interact with certain actors in certain scenes and all of them are separate, but all of it accumulates to eventually what happens, the murders and stuff like that. But you see all these characters interacting with these other characters and different parts of the movie, and then they kind of, like, lead up and it's like, oh, shit, did you hear what happened last night? You know, blah, blah, blah was in this whole entire thing with that crazy-ass Charles Manson, like... Something to that extent is what I'm I'm assuming. So they probably do yeah. cast. More. I I also understood.
0: Um, yeah, man. I mean, your your casting of uh, Paul Dano was uh, was pretty good. I mean, I know he's he's too tall. You know, we're gonna go with historically accurate characters. I mean, how many God. actors out there are five two five three? It's like um, Peter Dinklage
1: could play Abraham Lincoln because of Nick Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Even though, even though I'm Peter just saying, English man, Emil Hirsch is short.
2: Daniel Radcliffe is short. <laughs> they're both, they're both really good actors. Why are you giving me shit? <laughs> I just
0: kidding. I think, I think, I think, I uh, think, Tarantino just needs to go all out man and get Daniel Day Lewis to play Charles Manson. I think then you to have. <laughs> and, I, Bring I him Daniel back. Would, One final ride.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I he's think a Daniel Day Lewis should actually, play.
1: Um, you should play uh, the, um, Toucan Sam in a documentary. Anyways, uh, all right, let's go to our last major topic, guys, tonight. Uh, Han Solo uh, is actually going to be the first technical flop for Disney. Uh, so far, it has made $264 million. Uh, the first weekend, it made $84.4 million for the three-day weekend. Um, it, it, it was number one at top. It's going to drop now. It's got a 65% drop and has made less than $30 million this last weekend. Um, wow. Uh, just
2: kind of relatively
1: quickly since we have 10 minutes left. Nick, how does that make you feel? And do you think that we're going to have more, like do you think this will affect Boba Fett or an Obi-Wan movie? Or maybe they're going to be like, maybe we should do something a little bit different.
2: I, I definitely think they should explore different uh, things, and I think this kind of points to that. Though, I will say this, I, I, I think a lot of the backlash to this movie has to do with the casting, and a lot of the the fans having a problem with the casting, and you juxtapose that with the fact that so many Star Wars fans had a problem with The Last Jedi, and that left a bitter taste in their mouth. I really think they should have waited until Christmas to release this movie. Um, yeah. I think it would have done a lot better at that time span. Uh, People would have had, you know, enough time passed where, you know, they wouldn't still be um, so hateful of The Last Jedi. Maybe they watch it again and they don't hate it as much, or maybe they just, you know, get over it because of time. Um, So I, I think a lot of the, the cards were stacked against them for this film. And, and Disney, you know, there was a report that came out you know, like three or four months ago that Disney was kind of preparing for this. Um, so they, they, they knew, they, they kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't think this has a, an effect on uh, the Boba Fett movie or the Obi-Wan movie, I, I still think they'll go through with those, and, you know, if if we get to see and McGregor play Obi-Wan, you're going to see a lot of people go see it. If if we get a, a, a competently made Boba Fett movie, um, less people will go see it than the Obi-Wan movie, but there will still be people who go see it. Um, but I definitely think uh, two things. One, they probably need to rein in their budget on these uh, Star Wars stories movies and not um, put as much money into them uh, as maybe they have with the past two, um, and two. I, I think it definitely points to we need to see um, some stuff that takes place outside of the overarching trilogy. So you know, yeah. We're just starting with Episode one and going to up to Episode eight. Like, let's get some shit that happens way before that, or way after it, or you know, like, or, or just way you. outside of it. Um, like let's let's it's a huge universe. There's so much to be explored, um, you know. And if we're going to go the route of uh, having stories that take place like in that time frame, frame, maybe let's let's you know make the the characters that we've seen a lot of take a backseat and be the supporting characters. Like to me personally, I would have much rather have seen a Lando Calrissian movie where Han Solo was a minor character than vice versa. Um, I would love to see a Shadows of the Empire movie where Sebastian Stan makes not maybe, maybe not a cameo as Luke Skywalker, but has a, a small supporting role, and we get to, you know, follow Dash Rendar. Um, like, there's so many stories that they could tap into that would be more interesting than seeing a young Han Solo um, or, you know, uh, a young Boba Fett or, you know, wh- you know, whatever the case may be. So that's, you know, that's kind of where I sit on it.
1: Yeah, and the fact that this movie, because of reshoots and everything and all the problems, cost almost four hundred million, and it hasn't even been able to make half that right now, and it's yeah. chunking to be dropping and dropping every week. That's not that's not good. Uh, Kanan, do you think Lucasfilm should allow I don't know Diehard Star Trek, or Star Star Trek Star Wars fans to start writing the film since they obviously know how they're supposed to be done
0: a hell of a lot more than the team <laughs> behind them, right? Uh, Well, I I I did see that there was a nice little exchange between uh, Colin Trevorrow and Mark Hamill on Twitter about pretty much Colin saying that his son could have wrote a better uh, script for the Last Jedi than Ryan Johnson, Uh, and then Mark Hamill kind of got in on it and I I guess he added fuel to the fire, Um, you know, because I know Hamill kind of backtracked a little bit about his his take on his character um, with The Last Jedi, but uh, when it first came out, you know, Hamill was not uh, happy with the way his character, you know, Luke Skywalker was treated in the movie to begin with. So, uh, but no, I don't think fans should write anything because, you know, people get paid to be screenwriters. Fans, I've seen them do great uh, fan fiction on YouTube and stuff, and it's it's really good for that, you know, Uh, click of people that watch that but I don't know how well that would transition to uh, the big screen for the general audience Um, I will say this though that the box office that Solo is getting is not deserved of you know it's not an indication of of the films uh, how good or how bad it is because Solo is, is a really good film it's not a terrible film at all it's much better than the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, oh, Solo is actually a really is, is, is a really fun movie. Um, there are some great things to take away from it. Can I um, mute him? Can you meet me? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if it's like the Last Jedi. I, I mean, I'm in the I'm in the. Boat. I'm sorry you couldn't uh, write
1: for for Lucas. Uh, but I'm sorry
0: <laughs> that Lucas created not create the <laughs> you wanted. I never said no oh, in mean, writing. I just said it was, it was terrible. terrible. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, solo for sympathy. just wrap it up. Wrap <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> the one,
0: the one last Jedi fan, and he's part of Keep Doug But, uh, hey, uh, oh, no, no, if you have a it's problem with ridiculous.
1: it. If you have a problem with it, we could be doing the prequels over again, so quit your bitching, or we don't even have to have Star Wars films anymore. Fucking <laughs> pains in the ass. <sighs> uh, anyways. Oh, i the, right, let's of get the, down to the end really
0: of
1: It's the best one out of the prequels, but that doesn't say much, I don't think. That's um, like, you know, being the best. Ne- never mind. Anyways. Guys, this is a great show.
2: I, hold on, hold on, Dane, w- real oh, quick. Man. I will say this. The, to Kanan's point, um... Uh, it, it's one thing to come up with an idea. It's another thing to write a story. Um, and a lot of Star Wars fans uh, and fans of any of any you know uh, franchise are really good at coming up with ideas. Uh, coming up with a story and then writing that story and all the dialogue that goes with it is really fucking hard. And if you think you can do it, sit down and try. I challenge you because it is not fucking easy. Believe me, I've tried. Um, so I, I totally back gaining up on that, on that sentiment.
1: Oh, well, uh, I'm looking forward to Rain, uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy. I think he's a superb director and he's very original. Um, I'm sorry that a lot of the majority of people out there want the same exact fucking thing. And that's why they got Abrams to do it. I mean, that makes a lot of sense and that's why he's doing a third one for you guys. So you'll stop crying. But I apologize. If you want to bring your anger towards me, remember, you can find me at geek vibes, Nation over on Facebook. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. We had a great show uh, discussing Star Wars. I hope many and wise do the, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I don't really care. I'm, I'm honestly not the biggest Star Wars fan. Uh, I love them as cinematic experiences, so I get you guys because I bitch about the DC Universe all the time. So I'm a giant hypocrite. But either way, hope you guys enjoyed our episode. Um, definitely want to thank my two co-hosts and leave you guys with like a little question between <laughs> Would you rather see the new Top Gun coming out with Tom Cruise or the new Bill and Ted and say your goodbyes? First you, Nick.
2: Bill and Ted, because uh, I don't feel like I need another Top Gun and I don't think Val is going to be in it. So Bill and Ted, and bye.
1: I'm going to go Top Gun because I want some more music like that, like Highway to the Danger
0: Zone. Kanan, say your
2: goodbyes, I'm going to say...
0: I'm gonna say I want both because I like both. And goodbye.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening to us tonight, and definitely get ready for the next week of great shows that we have for you.
0: Hey, it's Dean Kane. You may know me as uh, a superhero or two or four,
2: uh, and you are
0: listening to Geek Vibes Live.
2: I didn't know we could pick may both. Made the Geek Vibes. What's that? I didn't know we could may pick the
1: both. We watched Kane. And- Oh, well, that's Kanan's choices. He likes Star Wars <laughs> films that are so bad. uh <laughs>